Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 25 of the College Loop Podcast, the Colby Wooten episode, if you will. Good More point. on him in a second. But I'm also joined today by Harrison Tarr, who is on my left, as always, even though it's my right, looking where I'm pointing. But yeah, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. I told you I'm doing NASCAR shirts every day this week, so I broke out the 2018 Atlanta Motor Speedway t-shirt, got a late submission for a mailbag question from Eamon Smith asking me that... Uh, if the Ross Chastain and uh, Denny Hamlin, uh, I guess, rivalry is the greatest in NASCAR since blank. And my answer before we get into actual Auburn sports that people care about, uh, Ricky Rudd and uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. And that kind of ties into the fact that, you know, Day- Daytona has a lot to do with Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s legacy. So I'm very excited for this weekend. Can you tell? <laughs> I can tell that you are very excited immensely. Uh, I am a little <laughs> hesitant because my driver, Chase Briscoe, I know he's going to do very well. Until right. he wrecks in the last five laps, because that's what he has been doing, and that's what he is known for doing. So, hey, we've got we've got another NASCAR mailbag question that's buried as an Easter egg later in the show that we won't take up much of most of your time for you, for you people listening, our, our wonderful fans. We appreciate you. We won't take up too much time, but you never know. I might bring up Chase Briscoe later. Oh, <laughs> well, to get started with football, as always, now now that we know that y'all love the meat and potatoes right before you want your uh, your entree, if you will, sure, you want the meal first. But uh, Chad Reuter, NFL, he's an NFL analyst, released his latest mock draft. He released a three-round mock draft, which power to him because I tried to – I've released a first round before, and that was – Stressful. Good, good Lord. It took me, I think, three days to get it complete, and uh, I was ready to pull my hair out whenever I got it posted. Sure. <laughs> but Chad Reuter has projected Derek Hall to fall to the third round. Yes. So uh, – Interesting. Uh, we'll talk about each player by as it comes out because there are three players I want to talk about for this specific news tidbit. What what is he thinking? He didn't have a single analy- like analytical point as to why he <laughs> is that far down. He just kind of has them there. 
Sure. Uh, I'm with you, Dylan. Uh, this was mind-boggling. You and I talked about it earlier today on the Auburn Daily Show, or I guess er- earlier yesterday as this show released on Thursday, uh, on the Wednesday installment. If you want to hear Dylan and I's full breakdown, make sure you go check that out uh, at the Auburn Daily. But we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, that it, it's it's kind of a crapshoot, right? Because right now you're so you're you're late in the game, but also early in the game in terms of draft evaluations. You've not had your pro day come by yet. The com- com- combine's not here yet. And, and the interview process is really just kind of starting to get the ball rolling. So I don't necessarily love this mock draft. And you and I were, were mentioning that the, you, you brought up some good points about uh, about uh, Chad Reuter's uh, first round. And uh, there's some questionable things. And people are going to have different opinions. And, and, and Derek may slide this far. I would be amazed if he fell out of the top 40. Uh, I would be a little bit of me would be surprised if he wasn't taken on at the, the end of a first the first day. But, you know, everyone's going to have their their different opinion. Mel Kuyper doesn't tend to agree here on the on on this uh on the third round projection so i'm not i'm not too pressed on it and auburn fans shouldn't be pressed on it but i thought there were some bright spots from this from this from this mock draft <laughs> yeah and the bright spots not being him having the panthers trading up for will levis so that that was <laughs> some kind of crime that came up but yeah you're not wrong uh things look pretty pretty uh bright for owen papo who is listed here i think it was the 96th pick to the washington commanders and it's worth noting that 97th pick 97th to the commanders it's worth noting that Derek hall was projected to go to the las vegas raiders as well yeah so woo for that but yeah uh owen papo is projected to go to the third round which i think we've we've kind of listed him as a third round caliber prospect and it's nice to see that someone agrees with this as much (laughs) as you know his other takes are pretty bad but i think we've agreed that chad reader is the best at projecting where Owen Papo goes in the draft. Correct. We've always said that. We've always said Chad Ritter was the best NFL analyst in terms of evaluating Owen Papo's draft stock. So, yeah, this one this one makes some sense. But he's the worst at projecting where quarterbacks go in the draft and right. where Derek Hall goes. Obviously. And, and we've long said this, long being for about 12 hours now. Um, <laughs> this is good for Owen. This is a good projection for for for, for OP. I don't necessarily know where where he falls yet. And when we talked about this, I talked about him a lot earlier, so I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk since I did my bit. You said my piece on the Auburn Daily Show. I think that Owen Papo is one of those talents, Dylan, that he his pro day and his and his combine can really dictate where he winds up going in the draft, more so than a lot of guys, because I think a lot of NFL teams are going to look and say, I don't know that he's a linebacker, but I think we can use him. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm sorry. I'm reading some of his other picks, and I'm baffled by some of <laughs> some of these picks he has in this mock draft. But yeah, Owen Papo is a what's his nickname again? Is it the Freak? Was that correct? It's the Freak. The Freak, because he's just an athletic monster. Uh, he's a linebacker. Well, he plays linebacker, and he can run a four. I believe four three forty was what four, it three. was, which is holy crap. That's fast. <laughs> Uh, if I try to run a four three, I think I'd pull something. Uh, around the I would first. like to see how far you get in four point three. Uh, I probably four point three is probably my ten yard dash. <laughs> so, yeah, the fact that he can run a four three forty and they have him playing linebacker in college is outstanding because he, this guy is a nickelback. He's a safety. He is not a linebacker. Sure. And you said it earlier. Uh, he should have. He should be getting handwritten 10 to 12 page apologies from some of the coaching staffs. MLA and, formatting. Yeah. MLA formatting, APA, the works, all of it, all of the college nonsense we had to write because 
good Lord almighty. Could you imagine the amount of picks he would, could have gotten that they would have had him as a safety or corner nickel, anything. This dude should not have been playing inside linebacker. I don't know that he was in the wrong spot to begin with, but I do do question both the, the, the Malzahn and the Harson administration for that matter uh, for their evaluations of, of Owen Papo, because I know he's recruited out of high school as, as, as the guy, a lot, you know, made huge plays at linebacker in, in high school and, and made some really big plays while he was at Auburn. Let's not forget that. I mean, yeah, he had, he, he had a certain Penn state quarterback looking out his ear hole for a second there. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's not forget about that. But let's ignore I, how that game ended, by the way. We're just gonna... it, that's that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> I do think it's 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 unfortunate that nobody bothered to say, man, I think this guy might just be a really big safety. And, and, but and I think some NFL team will say, oh my gosh, like we have the personnel that we can have a guy whose job is the nickel. We can have plug this guy into our DB rotation. We can see what he can do on on a number of different levels that that'll add as as a true weapon, an athletic weapon. On our on our team, and, and he's got the build, so it's it uh, it's an interesting situation in and around um, the Owen Papo camp and in, in, in his draft stock. Yeah, and we've been comparing him a lot to uh, one specific player, as in the Isaiah Simmons. Uh, but if you have him as like a pure safety, I'm looking at comparing him a little bit to a Cam Chancellor type. I like this. I like Cam- that comp a lot. Chancellor was not your usual like. A ball hawking safety. He was sure. that was more the Earl Thomas of, from the Legion of Boom. But Owen Peppels was at six foot one, two twenty six. Cam Chancellor is about two inches taller, six three, two thirty two. But that's because Cam Chancellor was a linebacker put back there at safety because Cam Chancellor would knock your head off. Right, and there were times where you had to hope that a cornerback would tackle you just so just so you wouldn't get the third level and sure. meet Cam Chancellor down the field. Right. And that's where I kind of see Owen Papo being. If he's a safety, mm, that that hit stick's going to hurt a lot. I would be very curious, especially downfield, uh, downhill tackles, getting getting people outside the hashes. Uh, good night, good luck getting getting away from that guy when he's behind his pads. Uh, very interesting situation around Owen Papo. We had a really good mailbag mailbag question. I think is very applicable to football, Dylan. And and I wanted to to, to touch your uh, to to pick your brain here rather uh, on on the matter. Kind of pivoting from oh I'm sorry I you just highlighted a note in our in our rundown and I completely forgot about Colby Wooden and somebody so, so did somebody else yeah Chad Ruder forgot completely about Colby Wooden who we have talked about in length is the second best prospect from the Auburn Tigers in this draft and I don't know where in the world this guy has him going because uh, he ah Colby <laughs> Wooden is a second round pick if Derek calls a first round pick Colby Wooden is a second round pick. <laughs> I, I I was floored when I read through all of the entire mock. I went through, I went pick by pick through all three of his rounds. I almost know his picks front to back. Cause I was like, all right, maybe, maybe someone missed Kobe Wooten somewhere. What in the world is this guy thinking? <laughs> I wish for those of you who are not watching the YouTube version of this podcast, go watch it at whatever this point in, in time is because uh, that noise that Dylan just made and the facial expression was so worth your entire watch. And um, I'm not even saying this because I want click numbers. I don't even care if you're there. Go ahead and subscribe. But uh, I, I, it's just worth your worth your while. And yeah, don't I'm a, right. I was a little, I was a little upset. I, I justifiably so. I, I, I agree. Colby Wooden is probably the second best Auburn Tiger in this draft class. Now, like now, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back to that mailbag question because I know we want to keep the show on the road. This is super applicable. Uh, 
word came official this past weekend, Texas and Oklahoma officially coming to the SEC in 2024. It's official now. We kind of all figured this was going to happen. We knew we knew they were coming. We just figured it would be by 2024. I think the original plan was what 26, and nobody believed that, right? Uh, 25. Like, 25. Uh, and but then nobody, the but then the playoffs happened. So. Yeah, and 25, and no, then nobody believed that. I mean, as soon as the, the 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 terms were agreed to, that was a given that they were going to get to the SEC as soon as possible. A, uh, at AU Barn Trooper on Twitter asked, the impact of Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC in 2024 in terms of how does that impact Auburn? I think there is a lot of a lot of conversation there for Auburn fans and preferred format for conference divisions. Dylan, I don't have a I don't have a super strong opinion on conference divisions because I, I I'm personally in the uh, of the mentality switch over to the Big 12 method. If you're going to have this big of a, of a of a grouping, I would be curious if if you go to the pod method, you I would assume you would be in the boat of you'd want to keep. Um, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU, uh, regardless of uh, for 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 rivalry purposes, or, or does that not matter to you? Uh, well, of course you want to keep certain rivalries around, and I think that maybe getting rid of the the divisions in general might be helpful. That, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm also on board with the the quad method, or like I forgot what it's actually called. It's not the quads. pods, pods, pod system, because yeah. that gives you two or it gives you three permanent rivals rivals and then you also get a i think you get one permanent out of division or two it's like weird it's all wonky i think you get two protected rivals and then one not uh one team that's not a historic rival for you so i guess it would still be a protected rival but yeah but it would have you going through every team within four years that's pretty cool though i don't i don't hate that yeah we haven't played kentucky in like three years we probably wouldn't play them for another like two i don't i I believe I think that you and I are kind of kind of saying the same thing because, in my opinion, I want to. I'd want if you're an Auburn fan, you'd want to protect. I know that this makes your schedule hard. It doesn't make it any harder. It's the same strength, in my opinion, as, as it was before. I think you want to keep Alabama. You want to keep Georgia. You want to keep LSU. Uh, some people I know that uh, I heard Charlie Five talking on on the uh, Locked On Auburn podcast another week, and he brought up a point that he doesn't care about rivalries. He cares about Auburn being having the best road to the national championship, and that's completely fine if that's what camp you're in. So be it. Personally, myself, I would I would not want to see Auburn rotated out where they wouldn't play the Iron Bowl every year, where they wouldn't play the Deep South's oldest rivalry every year. And and that budding or not budding, but that LSU Auburn rivalry is always they're always wacky, fun games. In my opinion, I'd I'd want to hold on to those. But if you're in a different boat, so be it. I mean, l- let us know in the comments, like on on the YouTube cha- uh, channel, tweet at us on Twitter. Let us know what you think, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about it more if this is something you guys are interested in. What does it mean for Auburn, Dylan? And I think it presents challenges beyond the football field. Oh, yeah, because Oklahoma brings in a very good softball program. Correct. And there's very there's very few uh like sports that I think Texas is bad at. Correct. Football just uh, happens to be one of them sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh they're still not back, by the way, if you didn't know that. They're uh, breaking news, Texas is not back. Right. And Oklahoma's on their way out, uh, football wise. But sports sure. wise, Texas is a pretty decent basketball program. I think they're ranked in the top 15 last time I checked. Yes. Uh, Texas spent some time in the top five this year. Yeah, they were, I think they were getting number one votes. Sure. Uh, and their baseball, the both teams' baseball teams are pretty dang good, especially Texas. Right. I think Texas is like one of the blue bloods of baseball. And then if you if you keep con- con- continuing on, Texas is always very good at, uh, at the Olympic sports. You're tracking fields, swimming. Texas is a perennial powerhouse. Uh, this is an uphill to, to answer the the mailbag question, Dylan. And in, in my opinion, and, and you chime in at, at, at here at any moment, I think that it adds challenge, but it also adds resume every every over across every sport. I think in all all in all, I think Oklahoma and Texas adding them to the SEC is a good thing, and I've kind of been in that in that boat ever since. You bring two programs that are some of the wealthiest programs in, in college football, uh, not college football, but college sports in general, rather. 
and you add it to what is already, I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. Don't the rich get richer. Right. And, and we're kind of moving toward these super conferences. If you're going to go get programs, people get hung up on the fact that Texas and Oklahoma have not been national championship winning. Oklahoma's been contending, but not winning uh, programs in, in, in the past decade. And, and so be it. I don't think that that matters that much. I think that you bring them in and they automatically generate revenue in, 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 in football, but in everything else, they're really bringing a lot to the table. And we know this. I, I think this is all in all, I think it's a positive. It, it presents new challenge for sure. Right. But I think this is a good thing. Yeah. And if you look at other super conference moves, this one actually kind of fits geographically a little bit, <laughs> yeah. a tad bit. Uh, Cause if you compare it to like the big 10 bringing in USC and UCLA, that does not fit in at all with where they are. Good additions though. Very good additions to that. To the yeah. Cause at one point you're just trying to catch over the SEC and that's what everyone's trying to do at this point. Right. Because you bring in Texas and Oklahoma and it's kind of hard for anyone to have a debate on who's what conference is best at what sports. Right. But I guess now the big 10 has like rowing and like all the boat stuff. That's kind of cool, actually. It's but now we have, well, we've had baseball, but now we've been strengthened with baseball. Right. Uh, strengthened softball a lot. Oh, yeah, because uh, that's that's a sport that needed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now you, you tell me Auburn has to play Oklahoma again after the uh, 2000, I think. 16. 16 CWS, which oh, still, <laughs> still breaks my heart. But yeah, and also with the permanent permanent uh rivals i've seen people trying to say auburn should keep mississippi state yeah weird one i i, don't I, never, I saw Hopefully. a lot of that for it, it was like weird i think that's an older older generation thing and that's okay i'm not throwing shade you know respect bring like back, this like bring back Tulane. <laughs> right exactly i'm not i'm not throwing shade whatever whatever you feel like is is the best solution and i'm not speaking to the viewers dylan i'll tell you you're wrong in a heartbeat you know that but whatever you feel like is, is is what you want is what you want. I I personally I'm kind of indifferent on the matter as long as it's it's handled in a logistical way that makes sense. And you I, you want to keep your protected rivals. And I don't think the SEC wants to throw them out. I mean, just let's be honest here: the Iron Bowl is probably the most single single most profitable game in in college football for the regular season. Well, the best, barring, the best rivalry in college sports in general. A, well, sure. Yes. Name a name I, a rivalry I, that goes deeper than just football. Uh, probably, probably more than you think, but I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Speaking of, uh, speaking of, I guess, uh, a rivalry that's really been uh, heating up on the hardwood. We talked a little bit earlier in the week, or we talked in depth earlier in the week uh, about Auburn's display against Alabama, how they needed to get back on the hardwood. Men's basketball, Bruce Pearl, the boys had to get right. And they did. In theory, you know, knock on wood, we'll see where this, where this tr- takes them. Auburn blew out Mizzou. I mean, beat the brakes off Mizzou, 89-56. And in just an emphatic victory, uh, hello, KD Johnson, 15 points coming off the bench. I know you're going to talk bench points here in a second. We talked a little bit about it on the Auburn Daily as well. I don't want to sound like this is a, re- a repost of the Auburn Daily. It's not very different shows. Make sure you listen to them both. Uh, but there were a lot of high points here, Dylan, and something that Auburn can really buckle down and, and build off of, especially when, you know, this is going to be our last show before Saturday's matchup in Nashville at Vanderbilt. Kind of, kind of walk me through where, where you're at mentally right now and where Auburn fans should be at mentally with, with what's going on with Auburn men's basketball. I'm hesitant. Sure. To, because as a longtime Auburn fan, whenever I see a game like this where I'm like, oh, maybe Auburn could build off of this, uh, I am very quickly uh, heartbroken uh, back to where we were five games ago. Because if you look back, we beat the brakes off of Georgia for lack of a better term and we all sat down happily 
and said, oh, this is going to be used as a building block to become the hottest team in the country going into the SEC and into the tournament. Tournament, not tournament. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I know what you mean. But, uh, and I, I've uh, received several Snapchats from Harrison Tarr saying that he is getting ready to buy Final Four tickets. So I'm but going you to- You don't have the, proof of that? I'm going to be the level-headed individual and say that I'm very hesitant to believe that this is the Auburn team we're going to be seeing down the road. I would love for it to be, and uh, I hope that you are true in your sunshine pumping, but I'm here to pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, I was very impressed with the win. Very impressed. I don't think I could speak very how highly I was impressed by the fact that Auburn won this game by 33 points. That, sure. That's, Absolutely. I, but going on, on Saturday, going to Nashville, that is not a very easy place to win. Nobody's. Uh, I mean, Vanderbilt's playing as well as anyone right now. Dylan. They are also a very hot team. If uh, if you missed out on the fact that they beat Tennessee, who is uh, right now beating the number one team in the country by four points as we were recording this, is forty four to forty with twelve thirty seven left in the game. Uh, they beat that team that Auburn couldn't beat, and I get it was at home, uh, but it's still beating Tennessee. So oh, for I'm, sure. Absolutely. I, I am on, on board with going like maybe this could be used and maybe this is Auburn heating up at the right time. But again, I'm just sitting there like, can can they keep it up? I'm going to spin zone while I go ahead and start talking a little bit about the Vanderbilt game, if that's OK with, with you, Dylan. Yeah. I, I, I am going to sunshine pump a little bit. And and and, and let me tell you why I, I think this is a little justified. We've watched the trend of KD Johnson and this, this is going to be your buzzword for the, for the show. And it was our buzzword earlier today on, on the Auburn daily show. We have a little more time to talk here, which is nice, but KD Johnson's late resurgence and, and his emergence out of seemingly nowhere. It's almost like a resurrection really uh, <laughs> it, it, to, truth be told. I, I was actually on the phone with my mom earlier today and she, and she asked me straight up. She said, Harrison, I need you to tell me, where did KD Johnson come from? Because I think he's been really bad all year. I was like, mom, you are not wrong. <laughs> you are very much correct. And, and you have a great point. And then I started sunshine pumping bad Auburn basketball to my mom. So she was having a great time with that. But you're starting to see all these pieces come together. Now, there, there is, there's a major red flag that I'm going to go ahead and point out. I don't think Janai Broom is 100% healthy. We, we saw him go down twice in the, in the big time win over Missouri. I was a little confused, not throwing shade to BP. A little confused why he was even in the game the second time. I know you want to get your get your reps and, and you drop 20 points. And if you're if, if he's dropping 20 points when he's playing banged up, I'm not worried about it. Auburn fans shouldn't be. But that's that's a, re- a reason for moderate concern coming down the stretch. I thought the guards played really well against Missouri. And and, and if they can play like that in, in the third, the, the, the emergence, and like I said, uh, resurgence of, 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 of Katie Johnson, being able to add his defense is back. Uh, he's contested shot making is back. And, and it has trended that way over the past five games. And and Trey Donaldson's getting in there. Yeah, he's not a scorer, but he's he's a good facilitator, good ball handler, and he presents this opportunity where he can play the one and let Wendell Green play the two a little bit, and vice versa, obviously. And 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 it's getting Wendell Green some help. You brought up a point earlier today that Wendell Green scored five, and and Auburn won by thirty three. That is a big time moment. Dylan Cardwell reverted back to that early season form we saw of of Dylan Cardwell last night. It, it looked, or I guess Tuesday night rather now. But it looked like the pieces are coming together. And I mean, shoot, Leo Berman, man. I'm not, I'm not even just, this is not me just, you know, fanboying over Leo, Leo Berman. He's become a rotational piece in this team. I mean, I think he, he probably has equal minutes with Chris Moore now. And his defense has progressed. He is a threat from, from the perimeter. He is a, a, a knockdown shooter, and teams are having to respect that. And he doesn't get the looks as much, but that's neither here nor there. The pieces are there. 
And and, and you want to say that if, if Auburn can go take care of business in Vanderbilt um, on, 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 on Saturday uh, against uh, Jerry Stackhouse and, and, and company, you want to start thinking that maybe this is the beginning of something that could, could be special. So that's, that's where I, where I am. What, what, where, where are you at? What does Auburn have to do to prove to you? And and this is not me being accusational, Dylan. You, you know what I'm just asking? What does Auburn have to do to prove to you that this team can bring it back in and get hot at the right time? Uh, I So Auburn won by how many points again? Uh, 33. 33 points. So Auburn got that 33 points from a certain part of their team, which was the bench. <clears throat> if you look at the box score, Dylan Cardwell, eight points. Trey Donaldson got two points off of a very monstrous dunk. Uh, Leo Berman, eight points. And Katie Johnson got 15 points. If I can see that for this next game and the Ole Miss game, because I think they'll go back-to-back like that, right? It goes Vandy, right. Ole Miss. Yes. If I said back-to-back, I would feel very confident in this team. But I need to see more points from the bench like I saw last night. That's completely I, fair. I, if you can't have reliable scoring off, off the bench, then that's just going to kill you as a team. If you can't, that, if your bench sure. members can't score for your starters, then I mean, we see it all the time with Gonzaga. Gonzaga sure, does, does not have that reliable scoring off the bench, and that's why they never make it far in the tournament, even though they're always one of those top five seeds. Completely agree. Completely agree. And, and, and I think that's very fair. I, I, I'm glad we're kind of balancing out here. You're kind of bringing it back down to earth. But I do think it's important that, that there are good things that this team is doing right now. And, and, and truth be told, I mean, outside of, We've we've even said this coming coming down these last you know losers of what was it five of six right five of six up until this point, and we still pointed out there were a lot of things Auburn was doing right. You played forty minutes of basketball on Tuesday night. You got to keep playing forty minutes of basketball going forward. Bruce Pearl, I mean, in the in the early going, it looked like this team had a plan. Their defensive set, he ran set plays. He 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 mixed up his his defensive uh, schemes throughout the game. It looked like there was a plan. There's a lot of good things going on there, and I, I, Auburn has every, every Auburn fans should be actually very excited with Saturday's clash with a Vanderbilt team who, as we mentioned before, is playing as good a basketball as anybody in the country right now. And, and I know that's hard to wrap your brain around, but let's uh, let's keep this thing on the road here, Dylan. Let's jump to a little mailbag question. We're gonna pop out, pop back in. Had a really fun one. We finally got asked about barbecue. Billy Ferris asked on on Twitter, um, asked us. What the best time of bar- type of barbecue was? He said Texas barbecue, Kansas City barbecue, North Carolina. You said you you were probably going to take a little different route. I'll go and answer this. I'm a Carolina Q guy, vinegar base. Give it to me, baby. But I've never met brisket and I've never met uh, pulled pork that I don't like. So uh, what, what, what you're going into a barbecue shop doing? What you getting? I'm a certified big boy, so uh, <laughs> I like all kinds of barbecue. I don't think there's really a favorite. Uh, you just kind of put two buns on it, put some barbecue sauce, and I'm all good. Uh, give me a pulled pork sandwich. Pulled pork sandwich, and got it. But you're you gotta have sauce, right? Gotta have barbecue sauce. Gotta have pickles. There you go, Those pickles. Are the, pickles are a mainstay. What side goes with your bar- with your barbecue? Ooh, that's a good one. Probably barbecue chips. Really? Really? I like, I'm a, I, I like a side of barbecue chips. I know you're probably gonna say potato salad. I'm actually going to say I'm a uh, hash brown casserole kind of guy. Ooh, I do love a good hash brown casserole. You know what I'm so. All right. The important questions are being asked. Thank you, Billy Ferris, for that one. I know that you want to come and join on. Let's let's talk a little more hardwood hoops uh, and, and and roll our way through this deal. And don't want to take too much time. Women's basketball, very, very big opportunity tonight as this as this uh, this show comes out. Very winnable game against a six and sixteen team in Texas AM. Auburn women's basketball is back at full strength, Dylan. 
And get this. Auburn wins tonight. They're guaranteed at least a 500 uh, regular season for the first time since 2018 and 2019. Is Coach Jay her or is Coach Jay her? Uh, I believe Coach Jay is her. I believe that's uh, the answer to that question. <laughs> what a what a big opportunity and, and what a quick turnaround this could be if if if, if Auburn is able to secure. They just got to win one of their last, I believe, four games on on this on the on the slate. Uh, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there are four games remaining. In, in the women's basketball regular season. This team could make a little bit of noise in the SEC tournament. Aisha Kulavali should be back to full minutes. Precious Johnson should be back to full minutes. A lot of exciting stuff going on for women's hoops, and that is at home against Texas A&M on Sunday. Uh, sorry, not on Sunday, Thursday night, and then they will play again on Sunday against, I believe... Uh, they play tennis. There goes A&M, Tennessee, oh, so at Tennessee, at Georgia, and Vanderbilt. Right. Right. Okay. I, I couldn't remember if it was Tennessee or Georgia next. So thank you for, for refreshing me there. Yeah, Another road test this weekend on Sunday, Auburn gymnastics matinee showdown, number 16, Missouri. Dylan, you, you hype? Uh, I'm always hyped for gymnastics car. I am always hyped. I'm always it's impossible have it to not TV. be. It's impossible to not be. Because I know whenever I sit down, I'm going to be able to listen to God save the queen. <laughs> and I'm going to watch Sunni Lee literally do anything. Literally anything Sunni Lee does is perfect. And we've seen that because she has nine perfect tens. She got one in her last meet. So I am beyond hyped up to see yet another perfect 10 on Sunday. I, I, I think Auburn fans should be very excited about this. Uh, I, I mentioned Daniel Locke, who will be with us here shortly when we bring on our, our special guest this after the, the, this the, today for, I guess I would have said this afternoon. It is definitely coming out in the morning. Hello. Good afternoon. Happy morning. Good night, wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to this. When he comes on with one Michael Floyd, uh, Auburn v Jungle Vice President, who's coming up very, very soon on the show. He was going to mention this, but he had to study for a test. Totally understood. Academics come first. I'll talk about this for, for a second here. Very, very important for Auburn to kind of get themselves right on vault. They've been kind of, I mean, they're top 10. I know they're top 10 in the country on vault, but they've not really been where I think Jeff Graba and company would like to be. And, and they had a great showing on beam last week. Uh, the best showing of the year on floor. Bars is just not going to be a problem all year long. If you can get right on, on vault, you got to look, you got to feel pretty good about your opportunity to win a national championship on the planes this year. You know how crazy it is that we're sitting here like, well, you know, I wish we were a little bit better at vault or <laughs> like, or literally anything. And we're top 10 in the country in it. That's, that is crazy to think about how like great Auburn is at gymnastics. Yeah, it's bonkers what Jeff Graba and Suni Shalee and, and, and Darion Goborn and all these people that laid the foundation. What they just done. go down the entire roster. Sophia Groff, so, Sophia Groff, Stevens, <laughs> Olivia Hollingsworth, the, everyone. Can, the Sarah, list goes on and Sarah on Hubbard. and on. Another group on the up and up. Let's keep let's keep moving here. Let's talk a little Auburn softball for just a minute here, Dylan. Tiger Invitational this weekend. Uh, you've got two games with Austin P, two games with Villanova, one game with Dayton. And how important is it for Auburn to keep the ball rolling here? after a very, very solid start in their first uh, first showing this in 2023. All right. Well, we saw the fact that Auburn had six home runs in five games without a single Bree bomb. And I don't think Austin P is all that, is all that great at any sport, really. Uh, so I would love to see – I think we said she was in like a little bit of a slump start of the season, but I don't think that's like surprising because a, a lot of people start off with slumps at the beginning of the season. Especially power hitters. Yes. So I would love to see – uh Bree to kind of like wake up a little bit get out of the slump uh I and I she's the she's already one of the greatest hitters in softball history <laughs> right ever, right like ever in NCAA history already <laughs> the best 
So uh, I think it's very important that she finally gets up on the scoreboard. I know she has, I think she has a couple of runs, but she has a few RBIs as well. So she's hitting the ball. I just wanted to see her knock one off the eagle again. That's all I'm looking for. You know, she gets to get back to Jamie Moore this weekend and and get that opportunity uh, to to do so. And and I do want to talk a little bit about players to watch this weekend, just really, really quickly. Uh, Michaela Packers, as a given, uh, Aspen Godwin. I'm also looking at at Briellis and Denver Bryant this weekend, kind of to to really get back to that form. It's early, man. Those early non-conference tournaments can feel like a grind, and you're just like, oh, why am I doing this? (laughs) And I get it. I understand. As fans, sometimes we fall into that too, right? Well, Aspen Godwin hasn't been near the slump. No, (laughs) that's why I was talking about Bree and Denver. Now, Aspen Godwin's one you you watch because (laughs) she is not in that funk. She has uh, woken up, if you will. She has woke. She is cranking that ball well over any fence because she's already had. She already had a grand slam, I believe, in the second game of the season. Right. So a walk off grand sl- salami, if you will, is what she sure. had. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I just thought it was, uh, it was important that we talk for just a second about uh, about people to watch, and, and obviously you're looking at. You're looking at your your Carly McConaughey's, uh, your uh, we almost forgot Nelio Peralta, and uh, your Lindsey Garcia's. You, you're you're ready for Bree and Denver to get back to be doing what Bree and Denver do, and uh, and that that's coming. Don't worry, no no need to panic. <laughs> Just something to keep an eye on, and uh, something that everyone should be excited for going into opening day. Uh, one other nailback question, real quick, from Noah Phillips before we jump to baseball, which will just take a couple minutes here, Dylan. Uh, Noah Phillips asked. Who will win the Daytona 500 and who will be the one that was leading but got wrecked on the first on the last lap? Ross Chastain is getting wrecked on the last lap. That's a given. Uh, I actually I, I had Chase Briscoe as my answer to win the Daytona 500. Of course you sense. did. It, I really did. <laughs> it really it makes sense uh, for, for this to be the year. It's kind of a toss up. And, and, and uh, Briscoe had ran some really good races late in the year last year. Yeah, so he that's... did. And uh, I watched him wreck in every single one of them. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I had I wanted to get a NASCAR, so I picked a picked the driver. Loved the Briscoe cars. So I was like, you know, let's go and chase Briscoe. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I still have the hat, so I'm still a fan. But good lord, man, please. Images that precede unfortunate events. Let's go for less wrecks this year. Let's go, Briscoe. <laughs> Images that don't precede unfortunate events more than likely is the Auburn ga- baseball game day graphic that will be coming out Friday morning. Opening day is here. Auburn baseball is here. If you didn't get a chance to check out our interview with Locked On uh, MLB Prospects and Auburn Daily Baseball writer Lindsey Crosby, make sure you just go and pause this where you're at right now, run it back, go jump to the last episode, go check that out. Best breakdown of Auburn baseball. You won't find a better one than that guy right there. It's the last 25 minutes if you just like to listen to Lindsey Crosby talk because I wouldn't blame you one bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've listened to it twice, and that's not even an exaggeration. Uh, just, he's, he's so intelligent. Uh, Friday's game was flexed due to cold weather, so props to Auburn for actually making sure people come out to the game. <laughs> Dylan, real quick, importance of playing Power 5 opponents in the in, in the non-conference. Go. It really helps your RPI. It yep. really helps it. And I will I, I think you got next week, you got USC. You go to Los Angeles, so that's going to be a very, very nice weekend, uh, vacation-wise. But I'm going to be a little vacation for the collegiate athletes. But Great. it really helps that the scheduling, and especially if Auburn's as good as we think they can be, and they that they will be, uh, I think it really helps. And Auburn could be back ranked in the top 15 very soon. I agree 100%. Uh, non-conference scheduling matters. Your RPI matters, especially for a team that wants a jockey for Omaha this year, despite being – criminally under underrated and under underpicked and under, underrepresented 
Dylan, it's about time. Let's bring in Michael Floyd, Auburn Jungle Vice President, and Daniel Locke will join us. So let's hop over to that interview and welcome Michael Floyd onto the show. Yes, it is now my pleasure to bring Michael Floyd, Vice President of the Auburn Jungle, onto the show. And now Daniel Locke's with us. I hope you've been studying for your math test, Daniel. Otherwise, I'm going to come kick your rear end. We put oh, academics first here. We are an academic institution. Michael, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thank you all for having me. Such an honor to come on tonight. Hey, man, we are excited to have you on. You've done a lot of great things for the Auburn community, for the Auburn, for the university, and, and we couldn't be more honored to, to have you on the show. And we're going to don't don't worry, we're going to pick your brain on, on on all of it, too. So that's that's what we're here for. Basically, the way we do this, uh, the way we do it here on the on the loop, I don't know how familiar you are. We do a Q&A panel with uh, with some guests. Sometimes Will Cruz will come on and run his mouth during all the segments and we let him do it. It's fine. I hope he's listening. I really hope he is. Uh, but. <laughs> But uh, typically, we, we have a Q&A panel for, for folks that we really want to pick their brains. And, and, and your impact uh, on the university and, and on, on the Auburn community is, is so strong. Uh, there, there's so much we wanted to talk to you about. And it really begins with the jungle. Boys, I'm going to open it up. And then as after, after Michael answers, I'll let the, let the floor be to y'all. I know Daniel laid dibs on a couple of things he wanted to talk about, which is great. Um, we've got a whole uh, – we had a whole brainstorm session on you, Michael. hope you're flattered uh, <laughs> by that. But uh, – let me, let me just start with the jungle. Let's, let's 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 talk about your baby, your 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 pride and joy, and uh, something that that you've been a part of. Uh, I assume that since you've been at, been at Auburn, correct? Correct. Excellent. So beyond just the basketball student section, man, uh, we, we know it is it is one of the premier uh, home court advantages in college basketball. But when you look beyond and uh, just the basketball student section, what is the jungle? What does the jungle stand for, and what does it do for the university? Well, that is a great question. Once again, thank you guys for having me on today. I found it. I Consider it a great joy and a blessing to always come on and talk about um, something that's near and dear to my heart, which is the jungle. Um, I, I tell people all the time, if you would have told me that a young black man from good old Bruton, Alabama, which is just an hour north of Field, Alabama, would come to Auburn and make the impact that he is, I would have told you, you're out of your ever-loving mind. There's <laughs> no way I'm going to go on that campus and I'm going to do what I need to do get out of here in five years or less, and we're just <laughs> going to do it. Um, but the jungle is just something that rivals anything in the country. Um, and I think this interview lines up at a great time because today uh, one of the uh, big uh, college football, uh, well, college football, college athletics, uh, media personalities on Twitter named the greatest duo in all of college sports, of basketball and football, Big Game Boomer. Hare Stadium. And Neville Arena at number one in the country, and I think that speaks to what the jungle is. The jungle is a is a group of students. I'm going to consider everybody the jungle alumni fans. If you have the ticket and you show up, you're a part of the jungle. But the jungle is just something that brings passion to Jordan Stadium, Neville Arena, Plainsman Park, J.B. Moore Field, um, the Aquatic Center. I mean, it's just something that uh, we find great joy and great pride in that it doesn't matter if you had a bad day along the week. Um, there's just a lot of turmoil in your life going on. Uh, you can come to the jungle and release all that stress, especially against an opponent, an opponent like Alabama or Tennessee or LSU. Doesn't matter. Um, but the jungle goes well beyond basketball, like you said. Um, and it, it's a place where students can support our fellow student-athletes by creating one of the most hostile environments in all of college athletics. 
I think that's that's a, that's a great answer, uh, the perfect answer, and, and you, you summed it up better than than I ever could. I wasn't on on the staff, but I, I while I was in school, I hope that at least I made my presence known. I, I appreciate it. You guys did. Look, you were a part of the first ever court storming for women's basketball. Game. I was never forget that. I was too. Let's not forget you. <laughs> I'm telling you, and, and, I, and that, that's also something. And I hate to throw, but that's also something that it gets lost. Like for that women's basketball game against Tennessee. We see people court storm when men's basketball team beat Kentucky for the first time under Bruce Pearl. We've seen the court storm when Auburn has beaten Alabama in the stadium. But those but a women's basketball team has never seen a court storm in Auburn history, and I believe. And that is something that we we're there to create memories for those student athletes to show them that we love and appreciate them just as much as we love our men during football and men's basketball. I think that's a that's a pretty good preview of what, what I know Daniel's got lined up for you a little later uh, in, in this interview. I do want to ask you, uh, where, do, where does your passion come from, Michael? Because, I mean, there are people, I mean, all, all, all over all over the Auburn community that goes, wait, you know Michael Floyd? Like, I, I, I've seen that guy everywhere. And, 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 and you, th- you think I'm exaggerating. Dylan and Daniel can attest. <laughs> I, 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 and I've told everyone, I was like, Michael, what? I give him a big old hug every time I see him in the jungle. And where, where does your passion stem from? Because it could not have, I mean, if it sparked when you got to Auburn, great. But there has to be something, and, and it goes deeper into your character that makes you so passionate about showing support for these student athletes and giving a great environment for your fellow students. You know, if you if you ever have a conversation with anybody that knows me, they, they're going to tell you that in if, if it's a 30-second conversation, it's a five-minute conversation, it's a 30-minute conversation, if it's an hour conversation, Michael Floyd is going to bring up his hometown of Bruton, Alabama, in the conversation. And I am a proud resident when I go home of Bruton, Alabama, born and raised there. And I'm also a graduate of Tierra High School, which happens to be um, home to the winningest football program in the state of Alabama. And I say that with great pride and passion. That's where it stems from. When I was back home enrolled at Tierra High School, I didn't play sports. Sports, playing sports was not, was not my cup of tea. But I knew I love sports. I love being around sports. So I became a manager or a fancy word for a water boy. But I was the water <laughs> boy for football, men and uh, boys and girls basketball, track and field. And then I became the PA announcer for our basketball team, PA announcer for our baseball team, and PA announcer for our swim team, PA announcer for our uh, track and field team. You know, it, it's just something that grew and started right there. At Terramore High School, I was the president of our pep club, as we called it, my senior year in high school. Um, but the same thing I did, I'm doing now at all, but I did back in Britain. Uh, getting our fans, getting our students excited for our big rivalry game, which is called the Battle of Murder Creek. Which, it's between two schools. That is an awesome Miller. name. <laughs> it's between T.R. Miller and W.S. Neal High School. The schools sit less than five miles apart. And they're divided by a creek called murder. And at the end, on Halloween week, we meet together on the football field and we battle it out. It's these people that we go to church with, we're family members with, we go to court with. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we are together until that one week of the year in football, basketball, or baseball, whatever it may be. But getting our students and fans ready for that, getting our students and fans ready for our um, basketball games. We have one of the winningest basketball pro- girls basketball programs in the state as well, led by Hall of Famer coach Bron Jackson. And his team had went to the championship, I think, three of my four years in high school, getting people to go to Birmingham, Alabama, to support our girls. That's where it started from. Um, I used to tell people 
playing sports was never for me, but giving back to the sports industry, being through or being a water boy, uh, is something that just grew my passion for sports. And when I got to Auburn, I was so blessed to carry it out. A hell of a story and and, and a hell of a rivalry name, all all built and born in Bruton, Alabama. Uh, guys, that is that is pretty pretty damn cool. Um, Dylan, Daniel, I'm going to open the floor. I know I've been hogging Michael. I'm sorry. And, and I'm, I'm opening up the floor to you guys. Daniel, I know you had a couple of, of, of big ones. Dylan, you guys can um, rock, paper, scissors, fist fight it out with whoever you got to do, whoever's going to go first. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to open up the floor and, and don't worry, Michael, I'm not done with you. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to share. Sharing is caring. Um, so guys, the, the floor is yours. Yeah. I tend to look, look it up because the battle of murder Creek was voted the, one of the top robber names in the state of Alabama. I <laughs> <That> was. So... <laughs> I just had to. I I got to look it up. I was like, that is a that that rivals a lot of college football rivalry names. Um, <laughs> but I guess just to keep the rivalry in and of itself uh, going. How is the jungle different from other student sections like the Cameron Crazies? Well, you tell the Cameron Crazies that they're crazy to think that they can match the jungle. Um, I I think that. What has been built here at Auburn, and, he, and here's the thing that sets the jungle apart. Um, I don't think the, the Cameron Crazies are just for basketball. I don't think they're called the Cameron Crazies for their football team. But the jungle is consistent. We're in every one of our sports, and we show the same intensity we bring to a basketball game. We take it to a football game. We take it to a women's basketball game. We take it to a baseball game or a softball game. That's what sets the the jungle apart. Um, yes, we hear about the blue bloods. We hear about North Carolina. We hear about Kentucky. But you got to watch out for us new bloods at Auburn, the jungle. We're coming. We're taking over the college landscape. And I mean, and we're not going to do it either. We're taking it by force. I love it. Gotta say, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Cameron Crazy name. <laughs> uh, if they're elephants, there's a, I guess the safari could have been a good one. But Cameron, Cameron Crazy is a little boring in my eyes, but that's, well, that's just hey, me. I think the Coleman, it should be like the Coleman airplane hangers, but that's just me. Um, if we're, if we're, if we're, if we're going to go there, uh, Daniel, I, I know you've got, crew. what'd you say? The flight crew. The flight crew. There you go. There you go. I like that, that one. Alabama, I've got an idea for you. The TSAs. <laughs> now, <laughs> Floyd, now you mentioned women's hoops. Daniel had, uh, and he brought up a great point about your passion and, and Daniel, I'm going to let you go because this was, this is all you, my man. Yeah. So Floyd, um, I've had the pleasure of working with you this year and really getting to know you. And one thing we're passionate here um, at the college loop about is bringing awareness and shining a light on women's sports. And that's something that you've really motivated me to start like going out and doing and just really promoting, you know, when women's basketball or softball and like gymnastics doesn't need it, you know, people show up. True. That. Um, but these other sports, it's something that's important to me. It's something that's important to Harrison and Dylan. And I learned it from you. So where did your, like, or I have two questions kind of baked into this one. A, where did your passion for that come from? And B, what are the best ways to get fans and students out to well, go support the women's teams? Those are both great questions, Daniel. And before I start, thank you, um, sir. Uh, Daniel is a uh, leader on the Jungle Leadership staff, and I have the pleasure of working with Daniel. Daniel sees my good side, he sees my bad side. I think they, I think he sees more of my bad side than my good side. <laughs> um, but Daniel is, is the person that I, I hold in the most utmost regard, and I want to take his platform and acknowledge him for the hard work that he does. Now, Michael, you didn't have to um, lie to us. We already wanted you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to take time and, and appreciate what he does 
as Tennessee gets ready to take down the Alabama Crimson Tide. Imagine being ranked number one for only one day and losing. Couldn't be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be all right. We were ranked for a whole month at number one. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, <laughs> but to answer your question, Daniel, it goes back to what Harrison had, had, uh, had asked me earlier. Cameron High School. Um supporting our girls' basketball team, supporting our softball team, supporting our girls' track and field team, supporting our girls' cross-country team. Um, I was there. Um, and, and I, I think, and, you know, I, I don't like to get into the weeds and, and through this and the politics of it all, um, but I think in, in the world of women athletics that the women deserve the same support as the men get, um, even though we might not see it through pay, even though we might not see it through facilities, even though we might not see it through – Crowd attendance, they deserve the same support that our men do. Um, and to bring it back to Auburn, if you look up in the rafters, our women's basketball team has more Final Four appearances than our men. Ooh. Ooh. Saying. Um, but that's not a that's not no, that is not a knock towards our men's basketball team. You know how to support them all. Hey, don't get BP but, on the line. <laughs> BP loves it. And, and and I think even BP will even acknowledge that, you know, our women's basketball team is a storied program. Um, what Joe Champy built here, uh, what Neil Fortner did here, um, what Coach Flo did here briefly here. Um, and I think Coach Jay is the right person to write the ship as she has once she has been to the Final Four, she's how to rebuild programs. Um, but that's how my passion started. Um, and what can we do? Well, obviously, if you win, they'll show up. And I think this women's basketball program is starting to get those wins. Last year, Excuse me. They had a win over number five Tennessee. I think number twenty Georgia, I believe at the time, and they also beat the ranked Georgia Tech on the road. This year they don't have a ranked win, but they have won more SEC games than they have in the past. They won more regular season games so far than they have in the past. So it's not about getting to the end so early. It takes steps. If you ask Bruce Pearl what he did when he got here, he won. He took it year by year. It all didn't happen in year one. It all didn't happen in year two. Heck, it didn't even happen all in year three. But as you continue to go on, you saw the progress. And I think if we give Coach Harris time, the progress and the results will show up. Um, and I think we just got to show up. Um, those, I think women's basketball is a great sport to attend because I think the referees hear me more during a women's basketball game than doing a men's basketball game. And I be giving it to them. I mean, I be <laughs> giving do. it to them. You do. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to give out a big old rocky top. My bad. I didn't want to do that again, but I didn't have to do it. Um, <laughs> but I, I just think if we invest, and I think here, here's the thing, and I'm going to wrap this up. And I think my my, my my chair just broke, so I got to hold myself up while I'm going to fall on the show. So <laughs> I think if we just look at the mantra Auburn family, women's basketball is a part of the Auburn family. Gymnastics is a part of the Auburn family. Softball is a part of the Auburn family. Look at our softball team. Look at the success they've had since 2010. They've been winning SEC tournaments, NC regular season. They've been making trips to the Women's College World Series in OKC. Our women's programs here at Auburn have success in the past. I mean, go to our aquatic center. Look what our women's swim team has done. Um, but, you know, I, I just think we, we have to invest in it. Um, and, and that's financially, that's through attendance, that's through facilities. And, I, and I'm blessed to say, you know, when Auburn builds this basketball-only facility in the future, that's, even though it's intended to help our men's basketball program, 
it also is going to pay dividends for our women's basketball program as well. And sure. I think Auburn is, you know, slowly getting there. And I hate to talk about another school, but I just have to because I'm a huge Don Staley fan. Look at what so you we. see in Columbia, South Carolina, when they played LSU this past week, 18,000 strong. And when when those girls make it to the NBA, they're going to be making less than the lowest draft pick in the NBA draft. I mean, that's just the harsh reality of it. But mm-hmm. I, I think I think once we get to that level, you'll see great environments like you did uh, in, in Colonial Life Arena last week. And and you can't you can't shortchange what Kim Mulkey's done at LSU. Um, that's right. That's right. I I I couldn't agree more with with you uh, with you, Michael. We are, um, and I, I don't I don't mean to you know sound like we are holier than anyone because we are certainly not. But uh, the, the this group, uh, everybody in this in this call right now and on on this on this podcast at this moment, I'd like to think that we are all um, on, on the side that we want to bring the, that positive light to women's women's sports, specifically women's basketball has been a passion of mine since I first came on the beat. Right. It was my first assignment, and I was scared crapless. Um, right. Yeah. And and uh, I, I got to know Coach Flo quite well. And then Coach Jay has I mean, Coach Jay showed up when I was coaching an uh, intramural women's basketball team. Um, she's just that kind of person. And right. I, I kind of want to tie this back. You're talking about the Auburn family, Michael. You, when, I, when I think of the Auburn Creed, I know this is so whatever. If you want to call me cringe, call me cringe, whatever. Uh, I'm very, very proud of my alma mater and I always will be. Um when I think of somebody that embodies that, the, the Auburn Creed, it's hard to not think of, of Michael Floyd, and, I'm, and, I, and I mean that sincerely. What does the Auburn family mean in terms of how does how does this all tie together? Because this this all encomp- encompasses with with beyond, goes beyond the jungle, right? And you were talking about everyone that's that's in that stands and watching at home on TV. You're you're, you're part of this family. What what is what does this mean in terms of uh, what does the Auburn family mean in, in terms of development and and, and pouring support in, into the athletics at Auburn? Um. That's a great question. Gosh, y'all are really boosting my head up on this show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, but I'm humbled. I'm grateful. Thank you guys so much for the kind words. Uh, <clears throat> before I go on, I really neglected our equestrian team. I cannot forget about Coach Greg Williams and Auburn equestrian team. You know, that team is that's, that is one of our women's sports that have co- consistently brought SEC and national championships to Auburn University. Um, the Auburn family, the Auburn team, um, there, you don't hear the Alabama family. You don't hear the Georgia family. You well, I mean, Brian Kelly called it the LSU fan blade, but I don't <laughs> think that considers what we have here at Auburn. Um, it is something unique. It is something that is often imitated, but is it, it fails. But the Auburn family goes back to something that. Um, it doesn't matter if our football team is three and five. We're still going to come to Jordan Stadium. We're going to sell it out, and we're going to pack the place like we're playing for a spot in the SEC championship in Atlanta. Um, the Auburn family is feeling Neville Arena where we're unranked, and the number three team in the country comes, and we're going to fill it up, be loud, be proud the entire time. Um the Auburn family is showing up to Plainsman Park when we're hosting a regional for the first time in forever, and we're going to fill up for every one of our games and create an atmosphere. That is the Auburn family. Um, the the Auburn family is giving back to the community that which we serve. Um, and I go all the way back to when the tornadoes hit uh, the Beauregard community. The Auburn family poured in 
and help Beauregard. Um, that that is the Auburn family. Outlive is the Auburn family where people give to support the fight against cancer. Cancer affects a lot of people in our lives, and I'm pretty sure each one of us on this show knows somebody who has lost their battle or is currently fighting or has survived cancer. Um, that is the Auburn family. The Auburn family is unique, and I'm tell you why the Auburn family is unique. The Auburn family can 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 be three things to you. Three things. It can be your greatest enemy, because when you mess up, they're gonna let you know. They're gonna tweet about you. They're gonna post on Facebook about you. They are gonna let you know when they are mad at you. They're gonna let you know. We're very vocal people. You've ever met an Auburn fan? We're very vocal. <laughs> You know, if I was Bruce, I would I would bench so and so and play so and so. If I was Coach Freeze, I would not start so and so at this position. I'll start so and so. We will let you know our opinions, whether you hear them or not. We're gonna let you know. All right. Two, we're gonna love you. We're gonna love you. I've never seen the outpour of out the outpour of love that I have this past football season. Looking at all that our football team had went through. The love for that program was still loud and proud. It was still adamant. And you saw with people showing up. I was at, I was in Starkville for uh, Cadillac's first ever game as an interim head football coach. And the number of Auburn fans there was amazing. Even at halftime, we were, I think we only had, we were down by, I don't know how much at halftime in Starkville, but the number of Auburn fans that stayed, and they were very rewarded for for that comeback. Uh, to force overtime, and even though we lost, we were still proud because at the end of the day, it's always great to be an Auburn Tiger. And I, I and also and the third thing, when you need the Auburn family, the Auburn family is there for you. So you're gonna get support, you're gonna get love, you're gonna get criticism. But it's not sometimes it's harsh criticism. You know there are a few bad apples in the bunch. Tough love, but the, yeah, tough love. You, you're gonna get those three things from the Auburn family. And that's what sets us apart from the rest. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, I I applied for Troy. I applied at Alabama. I I applied for most in-state schools. But it was just something special when I got that offer from Auburn University. And here's the thing. You don't have to get a degree from this institution to be an Auburn man or woman. I look at my mom all day, every day. I'm a first-generation college student, but my mom, she, 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 she's the example of the creed that I strive for. She, you know, she had nothing has been given to her. She works. She believes in work. She believes in hard work. She believes in obedience. She believes in the human touch. And because she believes in those things, she believes in Auburn, and she loves it. And she, she doesn't have a degree from this institution, but that does not stop her from being an Auburn woman. I'm I'm sorry, I'm a little speechless right now. I'm trying to awkwardly um fill space here. Uh you talked about giving back to to your community, Michael, and, and what all that means. And in the Auburn family, they're outpouring of support. Daniel had a pretty good question for you about um the, the Auburn community uh and, and recognizing you for what, what you've done. Uh, okay. I was making sure I was muted. Um yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm a little speechless as well. Michael has a tendency to do that. Uh he just has away with words. Um so back in November, you were recognized by Mayor Ron Honors with the key to the city. Uh, what did that mean to you? Uh, how did that feel? And yeah, just tell me about. But well, Daniel, I'm gonna be honest. With you. I was really, really, really upset. I was upset, and I'm gonna tell you why I was upset, Daniel. Because I was not. I was totally off guard. So what I received 
it's the Mayor's Lamplighter Award. It's the equivalent to the Key of the City, but it's a, it's a Mayor's Lamplighter Award, and he gives it to six individuals who make an impact in the community of Auburn. So I get there for the whole day. So my he used my pastor to to pull this one on me, and I'm not happy that my pastor, a God fearing. <laughs> Honest man, a pastor is supposed to be honest and be truthful, but he was not truthful. <laughs> he was not truthful at all. I mean, that's a sin. That's a sin. You got to tell the truth. Um, <laughs> shout out to Pastor Ian. I love Pastor Ian. Uh, my old pastor here. Um, but so I was going to the uh, Auburn women's basketball game against Georgia Tech. Um, but I had already had plans to go to the mayor's address uh, at the Blue uh, Performing Arts Center. Um, in Uptown Auburn, I, I guess you would call that on South College. Um, and I, I, my pastor said, hey, I want to come pick you up. I'm like, no, you got to pick me up. I'm going to go because I'm leaving early to go to the women's basketball game against Georgia Tech. And he said, he just kept on, I guess, pestering me. He said, no, no, I want to come pick you up. I said, okay, come pick me up. So he picks me up and we get there. We have a normal conversation and we get there. The mayor gives his update on the city. Um, and then he starts introducing the uh, six individuals. All right, so he gets to the first three, and then on out the fourth one. So his fourth introduction, the only thing I heard was "born in Brune." And I said, "You have got to be kidding me!" <laughs> I said, "I know good T dog on well. He is not about to talk about me." And I looked to my left and then my my right. I'm bad with directions. I looked to my right. And there was Pastor Reed just smiling. I'm like, did you know about this? He wouldn't say a word to me. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm not dressed right. I'm trying to get to the women's basketball game. I'm already late. I'm going to miss tip-off. So, like, what are we doing? But he calls my name. And I go up there and I accept the award. And I was I was upset in the moment because I, I don't like surprises. I'm not a big surprise person. <laughs> um, but I got up there. And just, I I was blessed. I was honored um, to be the first ever current Auburn student to ever receive a Mayor Flintline Award. Um, there has been great students before me. There are going to be great students after me. But for me to be the first Auburn, enrolled Auburn student to receive that award, uh, I wanted to come to Auburn and make history. Didn't know how that was going to happen, but I, I made history. I'm continuing to make history. Um, but that award, um, it, it meant a lot to me, Daniel. And um, that reward is not something to mark that I'm done, but it's a, an award that marks that, hey, there's still plenty of work to be left to do. Um, there's plenty of work to do. Um, and I barely even scratched the surface. Um, Auburn is home. I've already told my mom. I've told my dad. I've told all my folks. When I graduate, I'm staying here in Auburn. My calling is in Auburn. My purpose is in Auburn. Um, you know, I, I want to be a blessing in Auburn. Um, and that Lamplighter Award just signifies that, hey, your work is in Auburn. It's not done yet. Um, and, and I'm a firm believer in leaving Auburn better than I found it. Auburn was already great when I got here. But there's a reason why it can't be greater when I leave here. 
Hi, I'm sorry, guys. I'm still trying to, to process yeah. everything that, that I'm coming in. Michael, Michael, we appreciate uh, you for coming on today, and we've enjoyed it. I've got one last question for you. This should be the easiest one, and then the one the one that's going to require the least, uh, least amount of thought. So by my math, Auburn's got seven, let's see, seven, eight, nine, at least nine events I can think of this weekend off the off the top of my head. Is Auburn going 9-0 this weekend? We are going 9-0 <laughs> this weekend. I mean, first of all, I have to say kudos to Auburn men's basketball for getting it done against Missouri. I think we saw something that we have been missing in the month of February. Um, I think we saw a team that we wanted to see earlier this year. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The last time we beat an see opponent by 30-plus was Missouri in 2019. Hey, what did that team do? And they went to the freaking Final Four. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. The last time an Auburn basketball team was on the bubble was 2019, and they went to the freaking Final Four. I'm just saying. But I will tell you this. I might give you this. I love getting a hot take. If KD Johnson can find his consistency, and if we see that KD Johnson for the rest of the season, Auburn, they're going to the Elite Eight. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And congratulations. The way that uh, Dylan just gave that reaction, that means you found, just found yourself on the College Loop quote grid. Um, so <laughs> You're getting that, your quote graphic. <laughs> that's, that's big time. That's big time. Uh, actually, I, I, I rechecked my math, by the way. I think it's 10 events if you count gymnastics. So 10 and 0? 10 and 0. 10 and 0. And, 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 I, and I'm going to tell you something. And, and, and if you want to call me this, please do. I think Auburn is in the best position it has been in in years. The alignment between President Roberts, Athletic Director Cohen, and all of our sports head coaches. This year, is it, it, it's a bumpy year so far. Baseball still has yet to play but I believe they're going to have a solid season. They could end up back in Omaha. But I think this the years to come will be years to watch out for the Auburn Tigers. I don't think anyone in this call disagrees with you, Michael. Hey, do us a favor. Oh, go ahead, Dylan. Sorry. One more question, just because you're as big a super fan as Auburn as I am. What's your favorite Auburn event that you have attended? My favorite Auburn event that I have attended – Oh, my goodness. So I, I'm kind of one of those crazy ones because, you know, I was here when COVID happened, and then I was here for the full COVID sports year. The last year was pretty epic. Oh, my goodness. Um, that's hard. I, of course, I'm, I'm going to go with – I want I'm to go with basketball, um, and I'm going to go with um, LSU in 2020 – where Auburn was coming off the uh, – we were tied for first. Uh, we had beat Kentucky the previous week, college game. They made their first appearance ever in Auburn, Alabama. The following week, LSU comes to town. We have to beat them to clinch a share – well, not a share, but clinch a spot on the number one line. I think we ended up finishing in think three or four that year. Anyway, LSU comes to town. You have the famous uh, Samir Shimmy. He did after making the three – and then Auburn wins on a 15 ball by uh, Javon McCormick. What an outstanding game. What an outstanding atmosphere that was before the world changed for COVID. 
Fun fact: I'm in the back. Uh, I'm in the third row up, right behind this uh, the scoreboard. If you want, if you want to watch that clip uh, of the game winner. Anyways, <laughs> do us a favor before we get out of here, Michael. Tell everybody where they can find you, love you, support you, and uh, and and and, ch- and check out you what what you do um, uh, in and around the 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 Auburn community. Well, sure. Once again, guys, thank you guys for having me. I am Michael Floyd. You can follow me on two different Instagram accounts. My bad. Scratch that. Two different Twitter accounts. <laughs> Obviously, you have my main one. It's Auburn Superfan number two at AU Jungle VP. Um, and then the second one is at Z Michael Floyd. That one is mainly for high school sports. I uh, help out with Powerhouse Sports, which covers high school sports in the state of Alabama, parts of Georgia, and uh, Northwest, I think Northwest, Northeast Florida, um, mainly at the Panhandle. Uh, so those two of my accounts, Instagram, AU Jungle VP, Facebook, Michael Floyd, it's going to be a B and a picture of Bruce freaking Pearl. Um, <laughs> just, but once again, guys, thank y'all so much for having me. And before I go, um, I know I get a lot of credit for what I do in the jungle. Uh, last year, we had a great group of people this year. We've had, we've expanded the staff to 13, I believe. And as I stated before, Daniel was a part of that. Um, Jenny McBride is our outstanding um, president of our organization. And um, she, she does a great job keeping me in line, keeping all of us in line. Um, but, you know, it's, the jungle is not just my show. Um, it's more than a one-man, one-man hit wonder. Um, but I think Auburn students come to Auburn wanting to make a change. And through the jungle, we have done that. Uh, but, guys, the College Loop is the best podcast in the land, and I can't <laughs> wait to come back on. Daniel, tell people where we can find you. I appreciate you, Michael. We're going to wrap it away but just because we don't pay for Zoom, so we're running a little time here. So we're, I, we appreciate the heck out of you, man. Daniel, tell people where you can find you real quick. Uh, on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke, uh, The Observer, any Auburn student media platform, I'm there. You can find me any of those places. I'm at by Harrison Tara on Twitter. If you feel so inclined to listen to more of my work, I'm on the Auburn Daily. My written work is all there at the Auburn Daily. No gimmicks. I'm on the show every Wednesday with Dan, uh, Dylan Lark. Excuse me, not Daniel, not yet. And then on Friday with the lovely Lindsey Crosby. Every single Friday talking Auburn baseball, Auburn basketball, everything in between. And Dylan's going to tell you where to find all of our work. We're appreciative for Michael Floyd. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball game. Dylan, go ahead. I'm Dylan Lark at your boy, the tank on Twitter. That is at Y A B O I the tank. I was catching me on Auburn daily show every Monday with Lance Daw and Wednesday with Harrison Tarr. Check out yesterday's episode where we talked about the win against Missouri and a couple of, a couple of draftees that we thought were a little, a little ranked a little too low in the draft, but yeah, follow us in the college loop everywhere, except for MySpace. That's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> YouTube, Apple podcast, and Spotify. And with that, Oh, Rocky Top, you're 